Welcome to Sibs. I'm Jay. I'm Josh. And I'm Devin. In this episode, we talk about our culture's obsession with intensity and how it's connected to personal growth. We talk about stillness. We talk about the kind of evolution that comes from less sensation and more silence. Josh asks an important question. Who are we in the absence of intensity? All right, what are we talking about? I mean, I can jump in. I definitely have an idea. Yeah. Joshua brought an idea to my attention this week. Do you remember it? Is it like the hyper intensity? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, so I think it's a great launching point, personally. Do you want me to share how I how I got there? Can you do? Can you define hyper intensity for the class? Well, I think we can just like rewind. And I can start by telling the story yeah. I was telling Devin. Tell us the story. Yeah. Take it from the top. So I was taking a hot yoga class and we were doing these donkey kicks with like a weight like in between your knee, you know, and then you're doing the donkey kick. And it was just mm-hmm. like really fucking hard. And then we did like something else that was like super intense. And I was like, Midway through, I was like, I'm just going to, like, what if I just went, like, 50% here? Because, like, that would be still a killer workout for me. And, like, I'm not um, I'm not going to, like, overdo it because that probably is not going to be that good of a workout for me. And when I do overdo it, I feel like I'm going to faint. And I feel, like, <laughs> like obviously super hot and shit. Um, and I was just, like, hot yoga in general. Like you do hot yoga class plus sculpt. So you bring weights into it. And I'm like, that's just so fucking intense. And like, everybody's doing that every day. And I'm like, is that the norm? Is that what like our physical bodies need is like a a sculpt class in 110 degree heat? Um, Or could we like chill out a bit? And then it just started this conversation about hyper intensity and how we're obsessed with it uh, as a society. Why do you think we are obsessed with it? Or how do you define that obsession? Um, Devin? (laughs) What? Why? I was just making sure, honestly, you could, like, you weren't frozen. Oh, no, I was listening intently. I was very curious as to how you were going to define it. I have, like, a whole... uh, a whole thought, but I think we should continue first. With me? Yeah. Um, I don't know how I would define it. Um, but I think it shows up like in the workplace and like, it's, it's definitely, um, I think a lot of it has to do with like productivity obsession as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, in the workplace, productivity is probably like the intensity. Uh, that was a mouthful. Um, and I think that um, we probably just kind of continue to increase um, kind of the intensity and don't know what slowing down looks like or don't know how to kind of reel it in. So 
it's almost like I think we have to back up even and like look at again this question of like what is intensity it's like something that brings you to the edge right or like to your edge physically mentally it's a lot to take in and a lot of that happens on the level of sensation yeah yeah i mean i I don't think it's necessarily the edge sorry but i think it's above a certain threshold of baseline threshold whatever your like personal because it can be consistent intensity like throughout a day or throughout Mm-hmm. like months it's whatever time frame and i also think that is what like true is harmful and that's but that's think, also like i think intensity itself is probably somewhat like time bound like to me it mm-hmm. implies that it is this like then to your point about personal growth that it's like waking up and doing xyz or taking a cold shower or doing like any of these things that are kind of in the culture as like I think what we would label as high intensity things. I feel like in my experience, I've done them from the intensity angle. And then I've also done them, you know, not Mm. from that place, from like a more healthy, sustainable, not like needing to do it seven times a week. But when I do it, it doesn't necessarily feel like intensity. So it's like intensity. And that's, I think, to your point about personal growth is like this whole notion that you have to be on this long-term like consistent high performing um frequency all the time that to me feels like intensity like into josh's example doing those donkey kicks five of them probably didn't feel like that high intensity right but then it's like when you actually go outside that baseline threshold Mm -hmm. that's when it becomes and then i don't know is intensity ultimately a signifier of like going outside the bounds of what is healthy or sustainable to you. That is, you know what I mean? Is that ultimately the. I just think a lot of like the role that intensity plays right now is like intensity. I don't think is bad. I think it's extremely yeah. valuable. Like it's like that friction and the, and the force that makes us grow. The question is like when it's time for there to be no intensity, like can you allow for that? Or do you automatically assume that like in the lack of intensity, there's no growth happening because as a culture, it's like intensity is valuable, but as a culture, we haven't learned that there are other ways to produce growth and evolution. So Mm -hmm. to me, it's like the intensity issue is that it's like, we only know half of the equation of what it takes to really grow. I like that. But that's where I think like so much of the in the personal growth space, I think is fascinating for a lot of reasons, partly. And I think we should circle back to the fact that like people are so hungry for it. I think that's a really important thing to talk about and why that whole market exists, which to me comes back to the fact that people have an intrinsic understanding that there's like more to life and that they want to go outside the bounds of, of who they are today. But I think that whole world is so focused on action. And I think right, collectively exactly. what we try to focus on is the value of stillness and mm-hmm. what that brings. And there's, I think it could be said that there's even an intensity to 
to that, like the positive intensity. Mm-hmm. True. What comes with stillness? Because stillness doesn't mean lack of action or lack of movement or emotion, right? Mm-hmm. It just means not full tilt action. Yeah. That brings me back to the sensation conversation, though, because it's like when you sit to meditate or if you sit to do some kind of, you know, like passive practice or restorative yoga, whatever, like the doorway into that kind of intensity is actually like a lack of sensation, Mm -hmm. which I find really interesting because it's like in the beginning, like, but like if you sit down to meditate, sometimes it's like you're sitting there and it's like the lack of sensation is extremely uncomfortable. Right. Like it's right. more comfortable because of the culture and society we're in. I think for a lot of people, not everybody at all, but people who, well, I'll just say that it's, it's probably a lot easier for people to like go push it hard at the gym or go to a group fitness class or like push themselves or like, I mean, I see it all the time, like in the yoga studio or yoga world is like, there's still a preference or a priority on sensation. Like that's the comfort zone. So anyway, lack of sensation is people get highly uncomfortable in that. But I think that if we got more familiar with that as a mechanism of growth, we would realize that actually like they're both the same, they're both leading to the same place, but it's a different tool to wield, you know? And I do think sensation has a lot to do with it and not to get like too weird and out there about it, but we're just not familiar with what it means to just be and just exist with little sensation. We're used to sensation to an extremely high degree to the point where it's more like a distraction. But what I was thinking about more at a macro level is like humans need to like kind of live in a box or like live according to kind of one um, like metric. It's almost like, Devin, I've talked to you about this. Like sometimes I feel like when I go to bed, like my day was in relation to my productivity and like Mm -hmm. our inability to like exist on a, on a spectrum and like jump from state to state and realize that that's all like, okay. And productive, whether it's rest, intensity, stillness, creativity, like whatever the modality or, or human mode, um, like we just need to accept that that um, mm-hmm. that that is like um, evolution and progress, and I think we have a tough time um, wrapping our heads around that. And I think it's like because we all want to agree on what progress and evolution looks like, and we're very much in like a productivity and intensity time. So that's just like what uh, kind of I think. Um, we think of or the collective uh thinks of as evolution so that's where my head's kind of at Mm -hmm. but maybe it's because we don't really have a shared vocabulary or criteria for for what evolution looks like and this all assumes that a person is out to evolve you know which is a pretty major assumption true but within that I guess, sector of people, it's hard to know, you know? Like, I think 
how do you know? What are those signals that you're evolving outside of those metrics that you can like grab onto, right? Because they're like, <clears throat> I would argue that a lot of the, the important metrics for evolution aren't necessarily tangible. They're all very like these subtle layers. And I think that's been all of our experience. So when you don't have a evolution looks like this, it's hard and you, mm-hmm. you end up, and, and, and by the way, we're all living in a society where that criteria is defined for us. And no matter how evolved you are, you're still in most all cases, a function of your productivity as an employee or as a member of a community or, you know, like. Are you, are you saying that people lean towards these more intense actions and forms of evolution because they have more tangible results. I think so. I think maybe it feels, maybe, you know, like I I think that's, it feels plausible that having something to hold on to is better than Mm -hmm. nothing, you know? I agree with that. Where do you seek... Yeah, I think, I think I was done. I think to your point or adding to it, I think we don't have, this could be an interesting connection, but I'm not sure. Our senses aren't evolved enough to pick up on the subtle changes. Like we have refined our senses in the realm of like what is obvious and intense, but our senses have not been refined and worked in the other direction of like subtle shift and change, which I think is just as powerful. So to Mm -hmm. rewind, I think it's more that we just have absolutely no idea who we are at a subtle level. Generalizing. I think that's foreign because to the productivity point, all of that, like we know ourselves in busyness and in intensity and in high engagement and distraction just because we're more familiar like we know ourselves in that context but it's only half of the spectrum like or you know it's only one half of the duality obviously so then there's the other direction of subtlety where like there's a huge potential for growth but it does happen on that like more subtle refined layer but unless we're engaging in like activities, practices, et cetera, that can help refine our senses in the same way that we refine our touch and our smell and all the things that are more outer, like we have to refine our inner senses in order to be able to exist on that more subtle plane or see that there's value in things aside from intensity. Right. Yeah, yeah. that's good. I really like the knowing ourselves in busyness. Um, I also think like um, the whole self-care like movement is interesting because it was like oh, a rebuttal and response. <laughs> it was a like response to, I think the hyper-productive um, um, times, but I think that we did. It's it- a, no, I think, I think what we yeah. did is, uh, Devin, you can like Devin can like and what? made it intense. Yeah. 
Oh, I think, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, like if no, you I just, just kind of want you to finish. Point. I want. Mm. I just want you to finish the Devin. You can like. Yeah. That's like, the thing I want you to finish. Can, like, I'm piss all off. But yeah. Piss off. But yeah, like what was supposed to be probably about subtlety and getting to know ourselves in stillness ended up just being like, I think how much self-care can you do? How intense can your self-care be? Or like, you know, like it just turned into a similar um, situation just with a different like flavor or definition to it or, or kind of label. But, no, I think that's right on. And I think that's like where it keeps coming back for me is there's this like social inertia, right? Where Devin's talking about becoming more like acutely in tune with these more inner indicators of evolution, right? We aren't, I think we are born with those to some degree, but then we're taught out of them to some degree. And like the only, unless you happen to be raised in a very high awareness environment, which I think very few people are, are lucky enough to, to experience, like all of this work you have to come back to. You know, you have this like awareness shift where you're like, hmm, I don't think that this is how things are supposed to operate or this doesn't feel aligned. And then you circle back into this sort of inner work. And then to Josh's point, like say that first person who ever thought about self-care, right, had this like genius of an that? idea. Or was it a marketer? I'm just wondering. No, exactly. Yeah. Or, or that. But even let's just, uh, let's create a hypothetical person. That's like, I have this idea. <laughs> I've just never seen Devin like so shook about something. Like we can't say self-care without her like no, but getting she's, her beef in. <laughs> but this is her thing now. This is like, she has, this is her area of expertise. But to finish this point, if you're a hypothetical person that kind of calls bullshit on high intensity personal development work right and you're that person and you say okay i want to go share this message what do you do you build a social platform or you build a company dedicated to that and next thing you have to do then is you have to grow that thing and how do you grow that thing next thing you know you're in the same currents of that like social inertia of productivity and living on other people's terms as anybody else i think that's probably the case with a lot of like who knows how many people who who have this sort of idea or like initial like genesis of an idea end up just getting swept into like the bullshit automatically because that's just the way the game is played so i think yeah josh your point is like right on where i don't know i just keep coming back to like the social architecture that keeps people in this it's just how the world works is hyper growth and that's everything from like you know economics down to like the level of the individual it's shit that that's just is the way the world works and i think honest from my perspective is a lot of the reason we are where we are mm -hmm. i think interestingly something i've been thinking about is the fact that we don't actually know majority of what we're capable of in our minds and bodies. So for example, I'm 
highly uh, passionate about breath work, right? And that the funny thing about where I'm going with this is that it's all these intense practices, <laughs> but like I realized in doing this breath work and having done it a number of times now and getting familiar with the practice and what it is, you know, what can be possible with it. I've just realized how we don't know so much of what we're capable of experiencing through our own bodies and physiology alone, let alone like the potential of our mind. And I think it's very fascinating to learn these practices, which interestingly are intense. So I'm thinking about breath work, I'm thinking about ice baths, saunas, like extreme experiences. They really do have, so maybe I'm like a hypocrite right now, but they really do have this potential to show us like what we're actually capable of because your social architecture point to some degree of that's just how the world works, like without sounding like a conspiracy person, like I think there's a reason why, I mean, there has to be a reason to some extent why we don't know what we're capable of experiencing and creating for ourselves. Like if people knew what they were capable of doing, you know, in their bodies and like in their minds and what they were capable of experiencing moving through and the resilience, like the world would be a very different place. Like we're living in a society where people don't even breathe, you know, like to the extent that they can. And I hate when conversations go in this direction because I feel like people tune out because it's just like annoying at this point. But like, I do think there's some interesting experiences to be had in intensity where we're just like, we're these machines or computers, right? And we are so unaware of what they can do. Yeah. Is that related? Is that related to what you were saying? I think, I think so. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say so. I think there are like a couple points there. One, I think what's interesting is like those types of practices to me fall into that bucket of high intensity and sustainable. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? There's like, there's like a feeler. There is this like net positive component to those. I think the intensity that we are speaking less highly of are those things that are not sustainable and are tied to productivity and running ourselves thin and all those components. True. Right. Or and your other, I think. Yep we're just not dependent on only those. Mm -hmm. Like we're able to, you know, have other experiences. Right. For growth. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that gets to the sustainability of it. But then I think your more interesting point is this whole notion of like human potential, not necessarily being in the interest in the best interest of, like the people and again now I feel like a conspiracy theorist too but like I'd say like the people in power you know but that's like it like the it's not it's not best, like a conspiracy theory it's just practical it's, right right it just sounds that way but I think that is like and look it's if you're trying to figure out systems social systems and systems of government and whatever it's in the best interest of that system to have people playing a role and to live within certain bounds right mm -hmm. and like i'm also 
becoming more of the mind that like I'm kind of shifting away from like blaming um, and, and frustration with those people who are in power or who are kind of, we had this conversation recently, like everybody has different reasons for different things. And like, that doesn't mean like everything's valid. I think like all of us could do a better job of, of not labeling things as binary. Like people in power shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Like those people in power were trying to figure out ways to organize systems of people amid insane like technological change and demographic change and physical like this shit's all just really fucking complex you know Mm -hmm. but then i think to get back to where it isn't complex is your point about like the level of the individual and the value of us coming to understand what we're capable of and it all does connect i think back to the the personal growth thing and your original point of knowledge of self and where that the value that brings but yeah i think a quote that comes to mind is that one about like the core of man's issues is like not being able to sit in a room alone by yourself like i think a lot of a lot of this and I think Devin, you might have mentioned it is um, just like distraction from thought, distraction from whatever it might be. Um, and I'm also curious about like how how much is it like is actually intentional? Like once you like hit a certain level of intensity on a day to day basis, like you know myself from a work level, physical level, like once my like biology and physiology recognizes that that's like my uh, intensity or like stimuli norm, like does it work to keep it there, you know? And how hard is it to like chill out that intensity and bring my like baseline intensity that I crave on a day-to-day basis down? Because we all know that like our brains and our physiology is is like constantly working to keep things familiar. Is that making any sense? Yeah. I mean, it's like just a hamster wheel concept. Um, I feel like, and if I don't, you know, reach this level of intensity today, like, um, you know, was that, do I feel poorly about myself, um, et cetera. And that goes, I think, back to, like, what your benchmarks and your metrics are, you know, because that is, like, if that's how we're judging ourselves, like, even all of that from a very conscious dude like yourself, like, it's just interesting to see that that's still, like, the framework we're using. Mm -hmm. I just really like that quote. I know, I thought about it earlier. It kind of like gets me going because (laughs) gross. I was like, should I cough on the mic? That was terrible. Um, The quote, it gets me going because I get frustrated about our collective lack of willingness to 
sit in a room for an hour by ourselves. And actually, here's an interesting story. Like a week or two ago, I was super out of crazy work week. And like, I am not used to that. That's not a level of intensity that I entertain or really often allow. And so it was so wild. It was a Friday. It was just like building, building, like the intensity. It was, it was a lot. And I felt like the only thing I could do to make myself feel better was to just like drive into the mountains. So I went up to Eldo by myself, like it was a really nice day, whatever. I just wanted to be by the river. So it's like a super safe place, El Dorado Canyon, right? And there's people, there's climbers, there's like people everywhere. But I found this spot by the river and I was like, I'm just going to sit here and do absolutely nothing for an hour, which is, you know, more or less the quote that we're talking about. And I actually had some compassion for a second because I was watching myself like unwind the tension and the intensity. And it, I felt so fucking unsafe. It was bizarre. It was daylight. There were people around, but I was like, my physiology was terrified of like, and and it was just like this fear, that fear, like there's going to be an animal, there's going to be a murderer, there's going to be like all these crazy thoughts. And so I, and I know better, right? So I know it's like the stress unraveling, but it was super informative as far as like why we avoid like just sitting in a room by ourselves for an hour, whatever the quote is, right? So I had that moment of like compassion and understanding, which was super valuable. But still, like I get frustrated and I'm not going to go into whole a whole like wellness speech right now because I don't feel like it, but not today. I still get, not today. I still get frustrated because it's like we have an entire industry that's not actually about what we really need to be well, which is our ability to do what we're talking about. So it's just fascinating to me, you know, like the resistance and all the things we'll entertain before we even entertain that. Yeah. I think it just gets to the point that it's hard and it's, and it's brutally inconvenient. Yeah. And we are very normalized to like, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah. I mean, I just thought of like, um, the whole kind of, intensity and senses thing and I thought about like movies shows and I was like like just think about Marvel and like the next movie they make has to have like more explosions in your face brighter colors more intensity and it's just like (laughs) more like more every what go for it more more throwing up as mom would say (laughs) more puking It reminds me of, um, it was like sociology 101 or something. And the first day, like our first homework assignment was to go and watch, I think it was five minutes of TV and count the amount of times, tally the amount of times that the visual on the screen changed. So an additional like element was added or they cut the scene or it could be really anything outside of like a continuous shot. And I, I think I watched sports center and it was something North of like 150 visual changes 
which all correlate to like dopamine spikes in some kind of way in five minutes of TV. And then the other side of that is like, I was just looking out, uh, looking for like a freelance video editor and that specialized in like doing these shorts, right? For like 30 second cuts. And the way he marketed himself was that at least every two seconds, there was some kind of visual change that would like keep the viewer hooked Mm -hmm. in less than every two seconds. Like that's just fucking crazy. That's your point, Josh. Like, and then it just builds, you know what I mean? Cause then we're just conditioned that way. And it all circles back to the intensity conversation. Like it is just so the intensity of inputs is fucking unbelievable. And it's just, but but isn't it also true though, that like, the more that you get into the subtle realm, like the more you start to get to know yourself in that context, the, and maybe I'm wrong here, but the grosser that feels, it's like, yeah, for sure. The more you know yourself on a subtle level, the more that kind of like hollow intensity to some extent feels like gross. It's like, yeah. uh, <laughs> Empty. <laughs> feels like gross. 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 Yeah, for sure. I think I mean, that's right. It's not. People can continue to enjoy all of the, you know, advancements of stimuli and intensity, and like at some point like they're just going to bottom out, you know, because there's, there's just nothing. They might not be able to feel that happening, right. That lack of fulfillment ultimately. But at some point, like they do, we wake up. I, they do. Subconsciously. I think like, this is what we were just talking about, Josh. What? No. Just how there is like, there's an undercurrent at some subconscious level. And I feel like this has to be where society is at large is like people know when something is off and unfulfilling and not like intrinsically valuable. I believe that no matter what kind of. Well, how do they know from, from what place do they know? From that like true self place. Like higher self. Okay. Of course. Because from that perspective, if we're getting very spiritual, there's no division. Right. But like, if you look back at your life and you look at the things like the dumb decisions that you made, like you, I, for my, I'll speak for myself. When I look back at the dumb decisions that I made, when I hurt somebody or like emotionally or whatever, I didn't know. I didn't know. When I beat the shit out of that one kid. (laughs) (laughs) I just like, I didn't know better. Yeah. I just, uh, of course, like my higher self is there. Like what the hell? But I didn't know. So I agree that like, I just was curious about from what place you're imagining that like knowing being at, but um, I agree. I mean, like, it just it just doesn't really matter because everyone's on their timeline, right? Like 
they're going to wake up to the lack of fulfillment when it's time for them to wake up to that, um, which can be like a frustrating reality. But I think the lesson here or like the, to me, it's like the true importance of, oh, I remembered something I was going to say, but it's the true importance of like getting, prioritizing self-realization, prioritizing spending time, getting to know yourself and exploring that inner terrain, because it's like not to be annoyingly like metaphorical, but we've like, we can keep exploring like the outer terrain, right? In the ways that we do in outer space and all that. But like the inner exploration is is just as legitimate to me. And I do think that there's like a peaking interest in that. I think like psychedelic obsessions, for example, is also evidence of that like changing tide that we're starting to become fascinated of like, oh, what are we capable of experiencing? Like from the internal, I don't know. I guess it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot to be explored through the door of subtlety, but you have to be patient. Like you have to learn how to sit in the discomfort of a lack of intensity. That's like your pay to play or whatever the fuck the phrase is. I can never remember. Cost of entry, I think maybe. I don't know. I think we both always forget. Well, I think to bring it all the way, yeah, to bring it all the way back is like, does that awareness come at the sort of end of whatever cycle of your high intensity personal development path is, right? You get to the end of whatever cycle that is of doing high intensity things, expecting certain Mm -hmm. rewards at the end, and they aren't necessarily there which then takes you into that next, like, okay, so if not that, then what? And then that's sort of how those like tides move. Yeah. Bottom line is if you're not setting time aside to spend time with yourself doing nothing, then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. I don't think the problem is with intensity. It's like, what, what are you in the absence of intensity? And how yes. like how do you exist in that space? Um, I also like time, go ahead. like do you also set time for that? Do you allow yeah. for that in any form? Yeah, I I keep like coming to this thought. It's super like granular, um, but I feel like Devin, I took one of your yoga classes at at some point or whatever yoga class. Um, you like if you're doing a stretch and like I will always like go into the stretch pretty deeply to feel it like pretty intensely and I like even though the instructor may say like let's go for like a subtle stretch here because we're going to hold it for a minute or two minutes like I cannot I struggle to like hold whatever stretch it is if it feels like 10% of my muscles getting, you know, like that sensation, which is just like, I think an interesting. If you knew why, do you know why that is? I mean, because I just, I want to feel it more, which is like what we're talking about here. Maybe this is irrelevant and not interesting, but if you knew, if you were to know that it's because like your nervous system is protecting you. And so 
if you can actually like be more subtle and go into the stretch less intense then your nervous system will actually ultimately allow for more flexibility over time yeah. like if you knew that See. would you choose that or would you choose the intensity well and that's i feel like gotta be true it feels like that should be true for like everything we've discussed right exactly yeah, it feels like the whole deal right there that's kind of sick that's a sick deal <laughs> <laughs> and cut what a sick deal god that's a sick deal <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.